0: Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud, huh? 100.7 KSLX.
1: Mark and Neanderthal, with Neil Peart passing away, the drummer from Rush on Friday. Uh, We were in a restaurant last night, and uh, I saw a guy come in wearing a jacket, and he had a T-shirt on underneath, and I was like, I think that's a Rush T-shirt. Oh, nice. I'm pretty sure. So I waited. I couldn't tell from where I was sitting when we were done walking out. I walked, I was like, I saw the U, and then I saw the S also, and I tapped him on the shoulder, I said... You wearing a Rush T-shirt? He goes, yeah. I said, nice job, man. He goes, you heard about Neil Peart? I was like, yep. Just wanted to say good job, and I walked out.
0: Yeah, this doesn't seem like appropriate music, by the way, if we're going to do story time today, because story time is, you know, it's going to probably be...
1: Yeah, story time is what we usually do at this time on Monday morning, but instead of having somebody choose which story, you know, I'm I'm sure we have Rush stories. I've got several Rush stories, you know. I I didn't buy concert t-shirts for a really long time because I bought a Rush concert t-shirt back in the late 70s and it was the worst shirt I ever purchased. (laughs) I mean, it looked it was a cool shirt but the first time I washed it, it turned into... A rag. It turned. It went from a shirt to a handkerchief when I washed it. It, right. it. it shrunk so much, and it ruined the shirt. So it was years and
0: years, decades before I bought another concert shirt because I didn't trust them. Well, I, see, I didn't buy a Rush shirt, uh, but I did infringe upon the copyright of you know the the, the Rush man looking into the star from twenty one twelve. It's sort
1: of the 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 young innocent kid the fighting man, fighting yeah. the. The corporation or whatever right. you know, it's kind of that symbol.
0: Right. So I, I, I did that like so many people they would draw it on their notebook and stuff like that. But I was in a graphic arts class in ninth grade in high school and um and I and I took that logo and cut it out on one of the silkscreen stencils and basically printed like two hundred rush t shirts <laughs> for all my friends in school. Oh, I love it. But there's a there's a twist to the story. It's because one of those shirts, it was actually a sweatshirt that I would get accused of being a heroin addict. And I'll tell you why. So I got I got tagged for shoplifting um, with a friend of mine. Uh, I had no idea. Coincidentally, he was, he was stealing Rush's exit stage left cassette while I was wearing the uh, the, the sweatshirt with the nice. Rush man on it, right? right? But I had the sleeves of my Rush shirt uh, were cut up to the elbows. <clears throat> so we're in the interrogation room for the loss prevention people. And they come in and they go, so, are you on any drugs? They go, what do you mean? Does this look familiar to you? And they rolled out a paper towel with a needle in it. And I'm like, no, that doesn't look familiar to me at all. Why would that look familiar to me? They said, roll up your sleeves. I go, well, they're they're hanging, they're hanging like a like a kimono sleeve. So right. So here you go, here are my, here are my arms. They they check my arms to see for heroin tracks because Lust. I was wearing a t shirt a, a sweatshirt that had loose sleeves. So they figured it was easy for me to. Access the veins with a needle. I'm sure the loss <clears throat> prevention guys were experts in spotting heroin yes, yes. addiction. Yes, yes, I, I have found that. Uh, <clears throat> that I think it's Jordan Marsh was the name of the store. I found that they have the <clears throat> their CSI team is very very well trained.
1: Yes, and by the way, before anybody calls, <clears throat> Ru- before Rush nerds call, and I'm one myself, um, I know it's not the guy looking up. It's something symbolizing a corporation. I know it's the flag of the Solar Federation. Yeah, of course. Twenty one twelve. I, of
0: course so. you do. Why I wouldn't I you know believe
1: that? that? Sure. <laughs> Having a good time is the wrong way to say it, but it's always very interesting to us and sort of sort of cathartic to talk about and get into some of the stories of these these bands that we lose members of. It was actually last Tuesday, almost a week ago, that Neil Peart from Rush died, but we didn't hear it till Friday.
0: Yeah. And and, and keep in mind, um, he was not at all a public figure. And the idea nobody like nobody knew that he had brain cancer. Like right. I mean, and think about how trying to keep a secret in the music industry is almost impossible. Rush have been able to do it their entire career. You never really know about what the guys in Rush do when they're not on stage, save for that New Year's Eve incident with Alex Lifeson a few years back. Um, they weren't in the news. No, They didn't do things, uh, although there was a thing on, I think, the Travel Channel with Neil Peart because he was an avid motorcyclist and would uh, would tour across the country on his motorcycle. He didn't travel on the plane or the bus. He would leave the show, get on his BMW motorcycle, and drive or ride to the next location. That was his sort of zen, his catharsis, his own little therapy. That was how he did things. He lived very separate from the rest of the guys in the band when they weren't on stage. We really enjoyed talking to everybody and seeing
1: everybody on Friday night at the Sticks show at Celebrity Theater. And this was, you know, as the as the show went on, Sticks did a what I thought was a really gorgeous tribute, and you'll you'll hear when we play this, nobody knows exactly what Lawrence Gowan, the keyboard player and singer, is doing.
0: Yeah, keep in mind Lawrence is also a Canadian and, yeah. and, and I mean Rush are without a doubt the biggest Canadian rock band ever in, in, in history. Yeah. So when he broke into this People were if you trying to figure out what it is, but you'll notice it if you're a Rush fan. You'll notice the mer- the melody on the keyboard.
1: You'll, yes, and you'll hear one of the big riffs in just a minute
0: here. But listen to what he does with this song this, that you that you definitely know. It's beautiful and and uh, and tear jerking, to be honest with you. Sounds like a journey song there too.
1: Yeah, it's, bit, yeah, what
0: he did with that was incredible. I never.
1: Picked, one of the and one of yeah. All time greatest lyricists is Neil Peart. Yeah, that's Lawrence Gowan from the band Sticks. Yeah, that Lawrence, was pretty brilliant, as you said. Uh, you know, he's not an original member of Sticks. He's a Canadian who replaced Dennis DeYoung basically, and uh, that's I, I would never have thought of doing limelight that way. That was really nice the way
0: he did that. And keep in mind that was literally hours. After we, we heard the news. We, exactly. we heard the news. Yeah. Pete Cummings broke the news on Friday afternoon. Uh, and by Friday night... Lawrence had already arranged that and put that together, um, and we took a moment to to acknowledge the passing at the Celebrity Theater, and it was uh it was kind of a it was a, a a group exhale, and I think that's one of the things. Even if you're not a Rush fan, one of the things that music does is it unites us and it gives us sort of a, a common place for us yeah. to all sort of congregate. People from all different backgrounds can sort of appreciate a singular thing and and, and connect with it.
1: So in, in about ten minutes or so, I've been putting together this list of words <laughs> that I learned <laughs> from Rush music, yeah. and that not many bands have made me go
0: to the dictionary. Rush was one of those bands. Yeah, you, you rarely find a stupid, uneducated Rush fan. But if you look real hard <laughs> you can always find <laughs>
1: Friday afternoon you heard Pete Cummings break the news about Neil Peart from Rush passing away even though it happened on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, which again speaks to the uh, the tightness in the Rush organization. The fact that they were so reclusive when they weren't actually doing Rush music you don't really ever hear about what was going on. None of us knew. And, and, and look, we hear about things uh, in, in our industry that we sort of keep quiet. Um, just sort of a professional courtesy thing. I'll, I'll be honest with you, nobody I knew knew that Neil Peart was sick. Yeah, Nobody knew he was sick. He was uh, not only an amazing drummer,
1: but when he joined the band after their first album, completely revolutionized the band because he was this incredible lyricist. He wrote yes. these long, sweeping epics and you know, and then narrowed it down in later years into shorter songs so that they could actually have some some radio airplay. Yeah, one of, my
0: one of my favorite songs is The Spirit of Radio, which is about us. It's yeah. about it's about getting up and turning your radio on and that connection with you in your car on your way to work yep. and being connected to your favorite radio station. I think that's a, a, a beautiful. It was a nice little tribute to what we do. Neil recognized the importance of that connection in music between fan and yep. musician.
1: Uh, one of the things with Rush was, I mean, I always loved music, but all of a sudden I had to look up words. Yes, that I was hearing yes. in the songs, and I like, especially when I saw the lyrics. Okay, not a lot of meatheads listening to Rush. Here, here are some of the song. Here are some of the words that I learned listening to Rush. Let's see if you know them. We talked okay. about. We talked about the word
0: wraith earlier. W
1: r a i t h, yes.
0: which is a spirit. You know, uh, uh, an apparition. Yeah, ghostly vision. Yeah. You know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. How about maelstrom? Uh, maelstrom is uh, a cacophony, like a, a, a chaos, a, chaos. Yeah, yeah. It's and it actually comes
1: originally from like a whirlpool in the sea. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so maelstrom, like, like
0: when you see the video, when you see the visual of a hurricane, that's a maelstrom. It is. Yes. Dirge, d-i-r-g-e. Yeah. That's just plotting and slow and like a, a, a sad, a song, sad, song. sad plotting funeralish yeah. type song. Not, not yeah. unlike like a Gregorian chant would be a dirge. Yeah. Like yeah. and like a
1: dun, 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 Yes, doom doom, doom, a lot of, the death march,
0: or a lot of a lot of Doors songs, like the end from the Doors, is a dirge. Necromancer—that's a, that's, a, that's an evil bringer of death. Somebody who can communicate with the dead. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, how about Panacea? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of if I if I remember correctly, it's kind of like the safest most calming soothing place you can be oh that's my panacea home on friday night in my man cave you know that kind of thing
0: yeah it's it's a it's um it's it's an escape. It's yeah, a, remi- a remedy, yeah. if you will. Yes. Yeah.
1: A, a hideaway, if yeah. you will. Yep. Sure. Supplication. Nope. Do you know what supplication is? Nope. Okay. Nope. That's no idea. You, that's when you almost, you ask for something very earnestly. Basically beg for something because oh, okay. you really, really do need it.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that word. What song is that word in?
1: Uh, it, the, a lot of these are from the album Caress of Steel, which right. is not one of their bigger albums. No, it is not. As is this word, and you'll love this one, Ambergris. A-M-B-E-R-G-R-I-S. Nope. Obviously a French word. That's a French word because they're Canadian. I'll I'll read the definition to you. Okay, thank you. It's a waxy substance that originates as a secretion in the intestines of the sperm whale. Great. Found floating in tropical seas and used in perfume manufacturing. Well, good morning, everybody. Enjoy your breakfast. (laughs) Let's go. Because there's a song where he's like, I catch the scent of ambergris. And I was like, Amber who? Yeah.
0: And why does she smell so bad? Yeah. There you go. There are some words you can learn from Rush. Talk about
1: Neil Peart and Rush all morning. If you listen to the show here with Mark and Neanderthal a lot, you may have heard us talk about Brad, the Rush nerd. Mm -hmm. He called a little while ago. We asked him, what's the number? How many times have you seen Rush? How many? Oh, how many times I've seen them in concert? Seventy-four times. Seventy-four. And what was the furthest journey to see one? Let's see. It probably was the Cleveland show in 2011 when they recorded the Time Machine Tour. When did you start going to Rush shows? What was the first year?
0: Uh, first one was November 78 here in Phoenix, Tour of the Hemispheres.
1: And then your last one would have been 2015, correct? Yes. So I saw three of their last four shows. I went to Vegas, Phoenix, and then the final one
0: in L.A. That's someone with a lot of money to spend right there. Yeah. A lot of traveling to go see a band. And dedicated. again, Rush fans are, are, and I know that the, the, the comparison is not really fair, musically, because one band is incredibly talented musically, and the other one you have to be incredibly high to enjoy. Rush and the Grateful Dead <laughs> both have very dedicated fans. Uh, yeah. They very dedicated fans, and it's, and it's cult-like in their appeal. Now, I just mentioned having learned this
1: particular word, Ambergris from yes, an early Rush song, gris, and, sure. and somebody mess- somebody messaged us. Kim messaged us and said, "Ambergris is this ingredient in perfume." And- right. How much does it cost? And I and so I did some googling. But here's the here's the original. This is from an old song called Panacea from Rush
0: from their third album. The album is called Caress of Steel. And Rush are one of those bands that have gone through many different phases. If you go to Gold Canyon in the springtime and like to eat, uh, like to drink mead and eat uh, turkey on a leg, you know exactly what we're talking about. I catch the scent of
1: ambergris.
0: Very pretty stuff yeah, there from Rush. Yeah, very from there. Sort of Renaissance, uh, Baroque period is what what that is right there. When I heard that, I was like, "What the hell's ambergris?" So I looked it up, and it's it's like it's whale vomit basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and it's the stomach lining of a whale.
1: So I Googled how much does it cost? Right. And there's a story I stumbled on that says lucky fishermen have stumbled across three million dollar lump of whale vomit. It's three point four pounds. Uh, oh, excuse me, 176 pounds of whale vomit they found. That is valued at $3 million. $3 so, million. So, ambergris, ambergris will put you in the money if you can find it. If you can find it, I highly recommend corralling it <laughs> and bringing it to a perfume manufacturer. They will pay you handsomely
0: for it. So, who knew that, and by the way, what kind of nerd do you have to be to know that? Neil Peart knew it. Neil Peart knew it. He yeah, was it, it, he was very, very well read he was
1: insanely well read yeah so we uh, we will miss him he was an incredible drummer
0: incredible lyricist now would be a good time for us to extol the virtues of the stupid little thing we like to call the mark and the under Paul of the day we do it every weekday morning if you're new to the program where you just point out stupid behavior sometimes it gets you arrested oftentimes that get you in trouble and rare occasions where it could get you killed
1: true. Yeah, it's all true. Uh, Today's dumbass is sponsored by Arrowhead Harley-Davidson at ArrowheadHarley.com. Now, 51-year-old Todd Geiger was having some trouble with his new home, which was being built in Sarasota, Florida. Okay. Todd was really unhappy with one of the contractors who was working on the home. Basic problem was that the contractor kept asking repeatedly... To be paid for work that he had already done. That bastard. He'd billed Todd for it, according to their agreement, to the tune of $33,000. A lot of money. Yeah. Todd's problem was basically that he just didn't feel like paying just yet.
0: Well, I don't want to.
1: So he needed to go and see that contractor to give a little pushback. Sure. Todd thought that the best way to do this was to don a black bulletproof vest, wear a police-style badge, Mm -hmm. and go to the contractor's house posing as the sheriff. You know, the contractor wasn't home, but uh, Todd made sure to make the rounds to some of his neighbors' homes and tell them that he was the sheriff. The sheriff. Yes, exactly. I'm the sheriff. <laughs> and to relay a message to this contractor that he needed to ease up on this guy, Todd Geiger.
0: Real? Because that's what sheriffs do.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, Neighbors <laughs> got suspicious because, yeah. Unless you're in, like, a town that has maybe a one-man
0: sheriff's department. Yeah, Buford T. Justice yes. is walking around your town.
1: Sheriffs don't go on calls like this. I don't know that anybody goes on calls like this.
0: I believe it was one of the Johnsons in uh, the town of, 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 of what was it, Rockridge, who said, the sheriff is near.
1: hmm exactly. Um, yeah, neighbors got really suspicious also because Todd was not driving a police vehicle. He was driving his own vehicle, which is a Maserati.
0: Oh. so, so it, t- Wait, wait, so. You're saying Todd can afford the 33k that he owns this? Yeah, okay, yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: And if I'm a taxpayer and the sheriff is driving a Maserati, I've got questions. (laughs) About about
0: where my tax dollars are going. What was that show that used to be on A&E where there was a sheriff of Southern Louisiana where he 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 he, uh uh took one of the drug dealers' cars that was impounded and made that his sheriff's car? (laughs) I don't know. Sort of the same situation right there, driving around in a Maserati. He probably takes the red light, throws it on the hood like in the old streets of San Francisco. Even better. Oh, there's more? The
1: home being built was going to be Todd's summer house. Oh. As Todd doesn't even live in Sarasota, Florida, he lives in New Jersey, so his Maserati had New Jersey
0: license plates. Of course he did, yes. So the sheriff of New Jersey has made his way. (laughs) (laughs) You might be a little bit out of your jurisdiction, sheriff, sir. Something of a tip-off, sir.
1: (laughs) Todd is now facing charges of impersonating a police officer, and obviously he's already been convicted of being the Mark and Neanderthal. Paul. Dumbass of the day. Man, that's a
0: beautiful story that guy told, man. We have a
1: fantastic Rush song coming up for you that you don't hear very often. And if you're not a Rush fan, stick around because I think this song, it's from their later days. There's not a lot of screeching. Nope. And the lyrics are very poignant. We'll talk about that in just a second. But people are very, like, devastated by the death of Neil Peart. It was Tuesday of last week. We heard about it on Friday. We even had a female Rush <laughs> fan call. What? And you don't hear about a lot of those. but It's a unicorn. But you are one. Absolutely. I met my husband in 1990, and he was a diehard Rush fan, and... When um, he wanted to go to a concert, and I was like, oh, crap. So I went with him, and I heard Neil's drum solo, and I was hooked. And we would travel hours to go to every time they were in concert, we were there. But there's a hole in our, I mean, we've got clocks, we've got shirts, we've got hats, we've got posters. My husband actually has a lot of their um, vinyl records. Yeah, it it hurts. It's just to know that there's never going to be anything new again.
0: You know, yeah. and That's really the interesting thing, again, and it's not really about Rush, the band itself and their music, although it's brilliant. And in, 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 by the way, it covers a huge range of topics over the years, but it's really about a connection. I mean, music is one of the few things that no matter where you come from, no matter you what your socioeconomic background, your race, whatever it is, your religion, mm-hmm. your preferences, um, music unites everybody. And when right. somebody like Neil Peart passes... Um, it's a it sends up sort of a ripple through everyone. Yeah. Sort of a weird thing. Now, lost in the fact that Neil Peart is one of the greatest drummers or was one of the greatest drummers in the history of music is the fact that he's also an incredible lyricist. Poignant, yeah, intelligent, um, and really self-aware. That's the thing is that he could write these epics,
1: you know, based on things like Lord of the Rings or based on uh, Anne Rand's book, Anthem. You know, right, that, yeah. 2112 was based on that book, and I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but he would write these sprawling anthems Anthem's, but then write something like "Time
0: Stands Still," which is an incredibly beautiful and poignant song. And one of the here's one of the things I wanted to point out. I, I mean, he wrote a bunch of great lyrics. Uh, you know, "All the World Is Indeed a Stage" and "We Are Many Players." performers and portrayers, each another's yep. audience outside the gilded cage. I mean, that's from Limelight, which will be the second half, because I think we're going to do two songs from Rush right here. I know it's cool. not two for Tuesday, but we might as well do two. But this is one of the ones, it was sort of a comeback song for them, and they had a guest vocalist, that was Amy Mann from the band Till Tuesday, who had the big hit Voices Carry back in the 80s. Yes. Um, this is a song called Time Stands Still. Do you want to pull out the lyric, or do you want me to pull it out? Uh, no, by all means, it was it was funny because Paul went looking
1: for a, a poignant Part of this song, and what he read to me was the exact same thing that I had looked at yesterday. So, by all means, go ahead. I think it's a great, great lyric. All
0: right. So, Time Stand Still is a song about living in the moment. Neil Peart was 35 years old when he wrote it, so he was only halfway through what would eventually be the end of his life at 67. Wise Beyond His Years. This lyric is Summer's Going Fast, Night's Growing Colder, Children Growing Up, Old Friends Growing Older, Freeze This Moment A Little Bit Longer, Make each Sensation a little bit stronger. It's a phenomenal song, and you don't get to hear it all that often. It's a a song called Time Stand Still from Rush. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX.
1: Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey do Shoes. Light, comfy,
0: good to go to. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real
1: for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but
0: nobody is going to do it for you.